you may be seated. Um, this weekend, yesterday, I had the opportunity to go to a, a children's birthday party, and um, they had a person come dressed as the Grinch Santa Claus. So he is green, like green pants, fuzzy green pants, green face mask, green hair. He even had green contacts in, right? <laughs> Santa jacket. And as you can imagine, the three and four-year-olds were terrified. <laughs> um, they were so scared. But there was an older kid there was a little braver, decided to go and sit and take the picture with the Grinch Santa Claus. And um, he got a plastic candy cane filled with candy. And um, at that moment, the game changed. <laughs> it was like, ah, I'm, I'm interested now, but that's still really scary. And so the kids started um, asking adults, will you go with me? And will you sit with, with this Grinch Santa with me? And, and they did, and um, they got, got to get their candy canes. And it made me start thinking um, about just kind of the season of life that I've been in where things have been hard and scary. Like, COVID is scary. <laughs> um, and, and just those thoughts and those moments and, and losing people is scary and difficult and dark. And um, in the moments, I, I've been kind of just wrestling with God and saying, God, why am I struggling so much? Why can't I just get up and do the things that I want to do? Why don't I have as much joy in them as I used to have? Why aren't um, my, my emotions following along with the season and who I know you are? And, and he, he said, Jill, like, you're, you're still trying to do this thing on your own. I, I didn't ask you to carry this burden and this weight by yourself. I didn't ask you to do this on your own. I want to be in it with you. I want to walk alongside you. I want you to show you who I am and my love and my care for you in the darkest moments, not just the happy, joyful moments. I'm there with you always. And, and just as the picture of the kids with their parents with this terrifying Grinch, <laughs> Santa Claus, um, and the presence of them, giving them what they needed to be in that moment. That was the picture that God gave me of his presence with us. What we need in the moment is him and his presence. And uh, it just blessed my heart. Blessed my heart to understand that that is the great God. When we sing, great are you, Lord. That his presence is with us always. Amen. 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 All right. Good morning, Fellowship Hackerest. Good morning. Yes, I am so excited to be with you for our time in the Word together today. My name is Jill Rice. I'm the Director of Ministries here at Fellowship Highcrest. And today we get to continue our Christmas series, The Gifts of Christmas, where we're looking at the true gifts of the season that we receive through the person and the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Last week, Jonathan walked us through the love, the gift of love, um, that comes through Jesus. And today we get to look at the gift of life that we receive from Jesus. And it's going to be a true blessing. We're going to finish up this series to, um, on Wednesday of this week at our Christmas Adam service. So you're not going to want to miss that. We'll be here at 7 p.m. for Christmas Adam service on Wednesday, December 22nd. Um, you're not going to want to be late. Like, don't say, oh, I'm getting ready. I'll be a few minutes later. It'll be all right because we got some special stuff at the top of service. So you're going to be want to be early, be here. 
yeah, pre-service, yeah, even before service. Like, you're going to want to be here early and be ready um, for service to start at 7 for our Christmas Adam service. And that is going to be our very last service of 2021. Uh, we are not going to meet next Sunday, December 26th, and we're going to take that as a Sabbath rest Sunday. So you get to be resting at home with your family and friends and um, enjoy that time with them. So see you Wednesday. We won't see you next week at Sunday. If you come, you're going to be by yourself. Um, so uh, excited to see you on Wednesday. Um, as you were sitting down in your seats, you probably saw some blue Bibles there. Please, if you don't have a Bible, take that one as, as our gift to you. If you know someone that doesn't have a Bible, we would love for you to give that one to them. And if you need a Spanish Bible, just raise your hand and we'll have an usher get you one of those. Um, Today, as we walk through our sermon, we're going to look at the Bible passages that go along as, as we go. And so we're going to go ahead and jump into things. Now, um, it's December. It's almost the end of December. And normally in November, I start looking for this absolute perfect Saturday. Um, it's, it's the Saturday where it's a little bit warmer than normal. Um, there's no wind, there's no rain, there's no um, ice, snow, like it's, it usually happens, and um, I start looking for it, and when it does, I wake up, and I'm like, Jay, guess what today is? Today we get to put lights on the house. <laughs> um, I get really excited about that, I love Christmas lights. Um, Jay tolerates them with me. <laughs> um, he obliges my, my joy that I get out of it. Um, he helps me get the tubs out and gets the ladder out. And I get to climb up on the house because I actually really like that. Um, and we put the lights on. And then we have these big bulbs that um, we line our sidewalk with. And we even have these, like, Christmas bears uh, that we put out. They're super cute. It's kind of a funny inside joke for us because you can see in the picture there that black mass in the middle is our dog. Um, named Bear. <laughs> so, uh, but I love Christmas lights, and um, they just have a special place in my heart, uh, whether they're white lights or bright, colorful lights. I even have a special place in my heart for the not-so-planned-out lights. You know, when you, you see the house that's got the lights that are like halfway around the window and kind of dangles down to the outlet? Um, I, I even love those lights. Um, they're, they're just something about... This time of year being the darkest time of year, but being filled with light. And, um, but this year has been drastically different in our house. Um, right before Thanksgiving, Jay got sick with COVID. And, and so my time there started focusing on taking care of him. And um, it's not safe to get on a ladder without anybody else around, so um, I didn't put lights up while he was sick, and then um, Jonathan and Brell got sick, and I quickly got sick afterwards, and um, we just haven't had the time, energy, or um, strength to put up Christmas lights this year, so my house this year looks a little more like a disaster zone than the perfect Christmas storybook house um, that I would like it to look like, and if we're honest with ourselves, our world is a bit like this right? Um, we wish each other a Merry Christmas, and we want it to be a happy holidays, and we think about Christmas morning and the kids around the tree opening their gifts, and we want them to be excited about their gifts and not fighting with each other. Um, and, but the reality is, is that life feels a little bit more like this picture that I, I saw online this week. <laughs> 
Christmas is chasing me. Um, the kids are chasing me. Work is chasing me. The laundry is chasing me. Santa's gifts are chasing me. Like, that's what it feels like. That at Christmas time is, <laughs> it's really just like, it's not full of life and light. Like, it feels like this burden and more of a hassle sometimes. And it's not just Christmas time, though, right? Like, most of our lives can feel like this at some point. So today, we're going to take a look at because of God's love, he wanted to give us a life that would last beyond today, right? A life that is full and abundant, that doesn't leave us feeling like that. So you might want to say to me, though, but Jill, I'm already alive. Like, I'm breathing. I got up this morning. I made it to church today. Like, I'm alive. I don't know that I need life. <laughs> um, what is the need here? But if, if we're thinking about it, we got to think about what did Jesus come to the world for? Like, why did he come here? So he was born into a world that's kind of like our own world right now. Like, there were no lights. There were no decorations. There was no celebration. And in fact, when he was born into the world, um, we find out in one of the Christmas stories that because of his birth, the king at the time issued a an order that all of the children, all of the boy children, two years and older, should be killed. A genocide happened in his area because he was born. Like that, <laughs> like that just sits with you in a way, right? That there is darkness in the world. And so when we read a verse like John 3.16, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that Everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Um, many of us know this one, and it gets us excited. We're like, yes, this is the story of the gospel. And when I start breaking it down and thinking about for God to love the world, what was that world like? Like sometimes when we think of world, we think of, of the physical world, and we think of the beautiful creation that God created. Like there's trees, and there are um, flowers, and there's beautiful mountains. Like, I love going to the mountains. I love getting to go to the ocean and view and experience this beautiful world that God created. Of course God would love that world, right? It's his creation, and it's beautiful. It's worthy of being loved, right? But that's not quite what John means when he uses the word world in his gospel. Um, See, John likes to compare and contrast things. Um, He likes to compare and contrast light and darkness and good and evil and life and death. And when John talks about the world, it's in terms of darkness and the evil and the death. It's about those things that we know aren't quite right with the world, and they get under our skin, and we want to make them better. right? He's talking about this kind of world that we live in, where here in Topeka, 13% of our children live in poverty. Did you know that here in Topeka, 60% of Topeka is a food desert? That means that 60% of the people that live in our city don't have adequate access to fresh food. Like, that, that blows my mind. <laughs> On average, in Shawnee County, three and a half people, or three and a half days out of the month, we have bad mental health days. And then we have another three bad physical days. 
So around seven days a month, we have bad health days. <laughs> like that just doesn't feel right, right? I saw this week that um, we passed the 800,000 mark in the United States of COVID deaths. And, and I know many of you have walked along that path and journey in the last couple of years. And it's painful and it hurts. A recent poll showed that over half of Democrats and Republicans, both sides, think that it is, they strongly agree or somewhat agree that it's a good idea and it's time to split our country. Like, we're so done with each other that we would just rather divide things up and move on. Like, this is the world that, that we live in. And many of you know it. Like, we know it. It's marked by death and hate and a lack of food and security and health. And we're a mess and we're struggling. But this is the world that God loved so much. It's a world that we're a part of, and it's a world that our sin creates, and God didn't love the sin, and he doesn't love the darkness that we live in, but he loves us so much that he wanted to set us free from the darkness. And throughout this gospel, Jesus invite, or John invites us to come and see this truth. He says, I want you to see the truth that there is this tension in the world of life and death. Like, there are things that are not the way they're supposed to be, and we know it, right? But he also doesn't want us to stop there. Because, like, I, f- I feel like you probably feel like I do right now. You're like, Jill, this is depressing. <laughs> like, this is heavy, and this is hard. Like, and, and that's, that's why God loved us so much, because he didn't want us to stay in that place. Right? He didn't want us to stay in this hopeless place. He said, we, we feel this, like, I, I don't have the power um, as a human to change these things, and I don't have the power to overcome this darkness. He said, but that's not the, how the story ends. He says, the graciousness of God is that he doesn't leave the story in this hopeless place. Remember, he loves our broken world, and, isn't, and the love isn't just a feeling, but it's an action. See, Love isn't just a feeling, it's an action. And so, now, I'm, I'm a pretty ch- amateur light decorator. Like, if you had a list of places you wanted to go see lights at this, this year, not, not this year, but on any, in another year, you wouldn't have my house on your stop. Like, it's okay. Like, it's fun to drive by if it's on your way to your house. But um, there are some pretty cool experiences here in Topeka. Like, if you went to the Topeka Zoo Lights, which I'm sure some of you had, or Tark's Winter Wonderland, where you get like a full immersion experience into Christmas lights. And you get to walk through and take pictures, and there's like different things that you can do there, and like it's just a really cool, full-on experience. And so not only do you get to see the lights, but you get to know the lights in a different way. And it it kind of takes on a whole new level. And just as we can really know and experience light displays, God wanted not only to save us from the darkness and death of the world, but he wanted to allow us to know and experience life. It, here and now, in the middle of the darkness. See, John 1, 1 through 5 says this. says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. 
God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to, the, to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And then a little bit later in John 1, it says this in verse 14. It says, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen the glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. See, God's saying that when he created the world before anything existed, his son was there with him. Jesus was there with him. And when God created the world, he did it by speaking it into creation. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, let there be trees and plants, and there were trees and plants. He spoke and said, let there be animals, and there were animals. His word was what gave life, and his son Jesus was there speaking life into being. And, and we know in the story that a little while later, Adam and Eve, they, they sin and they rebel against God. And through that is when we receive the darkness in the world, when we receive death. And God looked at that world the world that he had created and loved but was in darkness and lost. And he said they need to experience and know the one who gave them life. And so the giver of life took on life so that we might know life. He sent his only son Jesus into the world. The gift of baby Jesus is that we might know what true life is what it's like. See, John invites us to not only see the tension and need for a Savior, but to know the one who gives his true life. And throughout his gospel, John gives us seven different sayings um, about this life of Jesus. Um, They call them the I am statements. They're like, I am the bread of life. And so in John 4, we see that Jesus is the living water that that is a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So he says, I have the living water, like I am what you need. And then he says, I, he's the living bread that, sacri- that satisfies the world's spiritual hunger. And then in John chapter 8, he says he's the light of the world who leads his followers into the light of life. And then in John chapter 10, he says he's the good shepherd who brings abundant life. And in John 11, he's the life giver who raises the dead, like, Lazarus is dead in the grave, and he brings him back to life, and he says, I am the life giver. And then in John 14, he says, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And then in John 15, he says, he's the genuine vine who sustains those who abide in him. Not only does he give life, but he helps sustain it in us. Now, at this point, you might be a little bit confused. And I'm, I'm cool with that. The people in the Gospels living with Jesus were confused too. They're like, what? I don't get this life thing. Like, is it life that begins now? Is it life that begins later? If it begins later, when does it begin? Like, the disciples were confused about that. His family was confused about that. The religious leaders were confused about it. Even the Roman rulers that are going to, like Jesus is in front of in his trial before he dies is confused about why he's there. <laughs> like, what is this about? And so sometimes we, 
We ask, like, is it this or is it this? Like, is it life now or is it life later? And I'll do this sometimes with Jay. I'm like, do you want pizza or do you want chicken? And he says, yes. I'm like, that's, that's not an answer. <laughs> and that's what Jesus is doing. He's saying, yes, it's life now and it's life later. Right? It's life that begins now. It's a spiritual life that begins new in us that starts something new in us. And it's something that eventually will change everything. Right? Some things change now, and eventually everything changes for us. See, with Jesus entering on the scene, the tension in the story flips. <laughs> um, instead of the darkness feeling like it's blocking out the light and it's growing bigger and it's winning, the light begins to prevail. The small light begins to grow and grow and grow and pushes out the darkness. It pushes out um, the things that are hidden in the shadows. Yes, Jesus came to give eternal life with the Father. Meaning that after we die, it's not the end of the story, but we get to experience life forever with God. But Jesus isn't just good for the far off and the way after. That new life begins here and now. See, the world was in darkness and needing a Savior, but it wasn't enough to just know about Jesus and to know that he is true life and to witness the true life. But the world still needed to also be able to have that same life. See, the perfect life where the blind see and the, the sick are healed and the dead are brought back to life, this isn't a life that we have earned. We still have the sin problem. We're not Jesus. We're not perfect. But what we have earned is death. We have earned that eternal separation from God, and this is the cost of our sin. But God, in all of his love and grace, said he would accept another's death in our place. See, when in John 3.16, he says God gave his only son, he meant that he gave him both as an example of life and the sacrifice for life. See, the giver of life took on life so that we might know life, and then he gave up his life so that we might gain life. And all we have to do is believe. Like, This just blows my mind. That's all he asks from us is that we believe. Like we don't, we can't, and we don't do anything to earn this new life with him. He says, believe that my son is enough. Believe that my son is what you need and that he made the way for you. And when you do that, I bring you into my family. In John 1, 12 through 13, it says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or a plan, but a birth that comes from God. See, once we believe and God brings us into his family, we have the same standing in the family as Jesus does. And it's eternal one, and it can't be taken away. Yeah, we're going to make mistakes. Like the new life that begins in me, like I, 
really wrestled with my pride this week. I really wrestled with um, my desire to do things my own way and in my own time. And like, why am I not the center of the universe for everybody? (laughs) You're laughing. (laughs) I'm an only child. I'm an only child, okay? Forgive me. Um, We're gonna mess it up. But the beauty is, is that he's in those moments with us. And he calls us back to him. And he says, Jill, your value and your worth is not in what you do today. It's not in how well you perform your task. It's because I created you and I loved you. I loved you so much that I gave my son for you. I loved you so much. I loved Highcrest so much that I gave my son for him. I loved Topeka so much that I gave my son for him. See, it's not just me personally. Like, it's our world that he wants to bring light and life to in the darkness. And all he asks is that we believe and that he gives. So if you haven't done that yet, you haven't done what we call stepping over the line of faith and saying, God, that's what I want and I want to do it. I'm going to invite you to pray with me in a moment. And as you do that, um, it's a prayer of just a reflection of your heart and saying, God, I need you. And I know that you will do the work in me. And I'm thankful for that. And I want to follow you with the rest of my life. And if you do that, the first step of obedience that God asks for us from that is to go public with it is to let people know. And and we get to do that through what we call believer's baptism, which we're going to celebrate today. We're going to do it here in a minute. And the baptism is this beautiful image of dying to the life of darkness and then being raised to life and the light that Jesus gives us, this new life, the eternal life, the one that lasts beyond today. If you want to do that, if you want to um, be able to go public with your faith and be baptized, we are going to do that in a minute, and you can do it today. Even if you didn't plan on it, you can do it today. We're going to have Tim at the back, um, by the back door, and you can let him know. And we have clothes back there. Um, If you need something to cover your hair, we have hair coverings back there. Um, Let him know, and we want to be able to do that today. We're going to sing a song. The worship team's going to lead us, and you'll have time to change clothes and come back up here and be baptized today, and we invite you to do that. If you're making these decisions and want to connect and talk more about them, you can text CONNECT to the number on the screen. We would love to be able to walk alongside you in this process. Why don't you pray with me? Father, we come to you today, and we say, you loved us more than we could possibly imagine. You loved us in the darkness. We love, you loved us when we couldn't possibly begin to love you. And we are so grateful for that. We're grateful that your son Jesus showed us the life to live that is true life. That he made a way for us when there was no way. God, we love you and we are so grateful. In your name I pray, amen. Amen.